Hip-hop takes the stand in the new documentary As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Rap lyrics are playing an increasingly prominent role in criminal cases. Every song, every lyric, every video that you've ever been involved with, they're going to use against you. Follow rap artist Kemba as he explores the weaponization of rap lyrics in the criminal justice system. This artistic expression is a confession. I'm ready. Roll the tape. Watch the eye-opening new documentary As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial. Exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Welcome into the Go Vols 247 podcast. I am Ben McKee, joined by Ryan Callahan because it is a breaking news edition on the podcast because Mr. Callahan, Tennessee, has picked up a commitment, not in the 2024 class, but in the 2025 class, getting ahead of the schedule, trying to trying to get out in front of things and, and make some noise on the recruiting trail in the 2025 class, and they've done that with a commitment here on Friday. Absolutely, yeah. Tw- class of 2025, cornerback. Shamar Arno of uh, Milton High School in uh, in Georgia and just outside Atlanta, of course, a school you've probably heard of before, produced uh, ten- former Tennessee linebacker Corte Sapp and, and others. Um, Tennessee go- going down there to get an early commitment to, to jumpstart his 2025 class. Uh, really, really nice early pickup here for Tennessee. Uh, he, he picked the balls over, he says, Auburn, LSU, and Texas A&M. Uh, and, and he liked LSU uh, growing up. So that's uh, not insignificant that the Tigers were at least uh, among his favorites at the end. You know, you, you never know for sure this early exactly where he was on their board and all of that. But it, but he was clearly uh, he was clearly interested in LSU and had just gotten an offer from Texas A&M recently. So for Tennessee to to finish this one up early and and, and get him uh, as part of their class, uh, I think a really nice pickup. So um, so this is this, we'll see how. See how things go from here over the next uh, the next couple of years. Obviously, a long way out, but uh, but but give Tennessee a lot of credit. This is the guy they saw in camp last year. Offered him very early uh, after he went to their camp on June first. Came back last season for the game against Kentucky. Really enjoyed the atmosphere there, and then most recently was back in town last weekend, uh, where he admitted to me he was just coming back to essentially let the coaches know his decision in person. He had been uh, he had indicated to me before then that he was getting close to a decision. He had named a top eight. Um, so this was something he had been wanting to do. And, and, and I think his mind has kind of been uh, focused on Tennessee, at least for a while now. So uh, really nice job by Tennessee recruiting him. And this is, you know, it's, it's hard for fans to get that interested sometimes when you're talking about a guy who's just finished his freshman year of high school, but this is why those, those early offers and, and early visits can matter uh, because it can lead to getting a guy like this earlier than expected. And, uh, in this case, it's a it's a, he's about a six foot or six foot one cornerback around 170 pounds who's really grown the past couple of years and pretty good athlete and, and playing good competition there in the Atlanta area. So a lot to like about this pickup for Tennessee, even though obviously it's it's really far out for this class and you're you're just getting started with the 2025 class. What went into his decision? That that's kind of the the thing that pops off to me off off the cover is is that he is from the Atlanta area and he is a, a 2025 guy what what went into his decision and uh, made him confident in picking Tennessee so early into his recruiting process yeah I, th- I think just the relationship he had built with uh, with Tennessee's coaches uh, was the biggest thing he you know you don't always get to build much of an early relationship this far out it's kind of on the player as much as the coaches to to start that process and to stay in contact on, on a regular basis, they can reach, reach out to your coach. They can do some different things like that to, uh, to, to make it clear they're serious about you. And I think they did a good job of doing that. 
uh, re reaching out periodically, making it clear that he was on their minds. Um, but yeah, they're not to the point yet that they can start texting him on a regular basis and things like that. So uh, it, it's, it's just hard and you don't feel that connection necessarily to a lot of the schools if you've only visited once and if they're not calling calling you and you're not calling them. Um, so you've got whoever builds that relationship first before coaches can really start to uh, keep in contact with you on their own sometimes has a has a big leg up. And in this case, I think that's that's where he just felt more of a connection with Tennessee than some of the other schools. And, and he just liked the direction of the program and, and what he saw there last year. I think the environment that he saw on game day when he was there back in October uh, was a big deal. You know, all those things, just each visit he was up there really impressed him. So this was about, I think, just feel and, and relationships. And that's, you know, not, not every kid's the same, of course, but in a lot of cases that the, those are two of the biggest things for, for most players is just, you know, what, what, what do you feel when you're on campus uh, visiting that school and, and what's your connection like with that coaching staff? Even if, uh, even if fans uh, sometimes get frustrated by players, you know, going for coaches and, and not so much for the school, it, 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 because coaches can change so much, it's inevitable that relationships are always a, a, a big deal. And in this case, Willie Martinez and the rest of that staff at Tennessee, I think have done a really good job of, of, of connecting with him early and, you know, being there three times in uh, a little more than, or a little less than 10 months, obviously a, a, a pretty good sign that, that they had, had done a good job there and they they had had good conversations each time he'd been on campus. So a uh, variety of factors, but yeah, just overall, I think felt more of a connection with Tennessee than most of the other schools. And they had been pretty serious about him too, which sometimes you're not sure about early on as a recruit. You're, 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 you've got an offer, but you're maybe not sure you're top of the board for a lot of schools. I think Tennessee felt they were pretty serious about him compared to some of the other teams that have just offered and maybe hadn't stayed in contact with him as much. What about him do you feel like made Tennessee comfortable in taking his commitment so early? Yeah, good good technician at the at the cornerback position. I think a guy that had shown a lot of a lot of growth and and really just just started his sophomore season so far at, at the high school level. Now he's at he just recently moved to Milton High School, played the last two years, so his first two years of high school at Centennial High School in Roswell, Georgia, and that's the same school where uh, Daniel Calhoun, the four star offensive tackle uh, in the 2024 class that Tennessee's recruiting. That's where he played the past couple of years as well. So a lot, lot of talent at that program. And, and so he was uh, obviously in a tough region, facing pretty good competition. So starting as a sophomore there and, and being a, a really productive player, uh, a pretty good sign. Talking with his coach, it sounds like Shamar uh, really grown over the past couple of years. You know, he he's you know estimating, he said, maybe grown about seven inches or so in the past two or three years. Um, so a guy that, that really has shot up here and, and started to fill out his body. And that's, that's made a big difference, obviously on the field, um, was probably just too small to play as a freshman, quite frankly, especially at a program like that. And then sophomore year after growing quite a bit, um, re really kind of burst onto the scene. And that's, that's where Tennessee got in there with an early offer. They saw him in June, right before that sophomore season, uh, kind of breakout year and, and really liked him in camp, uh, you know, met, liked, liked what he measured in at, how he ran. Now, doesn't seem like he has, I would say, elite speed at this point in the game, but that you wouldn't expect that from a high school sophomore. Um, so this is a guy that we'll, we'll see over the next couple of years what his speed is. I would say good speed for now, certainly at the cornerback position. Um, but you, you really like the way he's grown the last couple of years. And uh, I, I think you're, you probably take him right now knowing that you're getting uh, a good cornerback and he's still still growing and filling out his body even now. So. You know, he could end up easily being a 190-pound cornerback, but 
you also don't know if he's going to continue to grow. He, he, he could end up being a 205-pound safety for all we know in, in a couple of years if he continues to grow the way he has the past two years. But I think they obviously see him as a cornerback, and that's a, that's a position where you know if you can find, find guys and, and get them early, that's sometimes the, the easiest way to get uh, a, a highly coveted talent at, at that spot because it is such a competitive position to recruit. But, but we, we've seen Tennessee start to, to really stack some talent at that position now. And this, you know, another good sign to, to get a cornerback they like, but they, they like the, the way he played the, the, the corner position at camp last summer. And, and even some feedback from a camp he was at earlier this year. He was at the uh, Under Armour camp down in Carrollton, Georgia, and I was there too. He, he got banged up that day, uh, suffered a high ankle sprain, he said, and uh, was, in a, was in a walking boot recently when he was at Tennessee coming off that injury. Um, but even before that injury at that camp, uh, people that, that were there really, really liked what they saw. I, I, I thought he'd had a couple of good reps during uh, during the one on ones I saw. But but he he uh, he really did well at a camp that had a lot of talent. So I think I think the, the overall feedback and film, just everything all together, Tennessee likes what they've seen. And 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 you've got to like the way he's grown over the past couple of years. And we'll, we'll see how his body fills out. But he, he definitely might not be done growing. Yeah. And, and I know it's hard for fans to get excited uh, about this young of a recruit committing, uh, especially when they're not a quarterback or one of those sexy positions per se. But I I think that there's a a lot to like here, even for a a youngster and and him being a couple of classes away. And and I'm not just saying that to blow smoke. I mean, I, I place a heavy emphasis on level of competition that recruits are playing in high school. And he certainly checks that box as you just discussed uh, and then as you just finished discussing the size, I mean, the size for his age to, to play corner in the SEC, I mean, you're already at 6'1", 170, 180. I mean, that that is really good size for even uh, a high school senior. And he, he's going into his junior year. And, and like you said, who knows, maybe he does grow in to a safety. And and look, we'll, we'll see. This is an early commitment. Who who knows if if he'll continue to develop at the rate that Tennessee thinks that he is going to. Um, but the the early signs, I I think just the the level of competition that he plays against in the state of Georgia and, and his size for for such a young guy, I, I think that that bodes really well for uh, Tennessee. Kind of not discovering this young man because he's certainly been recruited and, and been out there at different camps and whatnot. But early evaluation was the the term that I was using or looking for. Is I, it seems like their early evaluation evaluation on him is one that's going to stick just because of that size and that level of competition. No, no question. I, I think that, you know, the, the offers have, have followed since Tennessee offered, you know, sometimes you see a guy at camp, you like him, and then you notice that other schools aren't, aren't noticing the same things you did. And, and you go back and look at the film later that year, and maybe it's not as good as what you thought at camp. So you don't, you don't keep recruiting them that hard. And in and, and Arno's case, he's, He's continued to to blow up after getting that Tennessee offer back in June. He got LSU, Ole Miss, not too long after that, and then after his junior season, it's continued to blow up. You know, Auburn in late January, Michigan in February, Texas A and M just a few, just uh, I guess a little more than a week ago. So he, he's continued to to see his stock rise recently, and uh, and again over twenty offers already uh, as it as a sophomore in high school. So you know, we'll, we'll see if that means he's a you know one of the very top cornerbacks in this class in, in a year and a half, or will, or, or maybe he settles in as a, as a, you know, a kind of a second tier cornerback, a high, you know, a mid to high three-star guy. We don't know yet. There's a, still a wide range of possibilities this far out, but 
you know, based on the way his offer list has continued to grow, based on the early feedback about his game, the strong sophomore year, you would think there's a pretty good chance of him um, being a, a fairly highly rated prospect. So I think this is a, a nice pickup. We don't have any early ratings on him yet. I, I'm Based on what I was told recently, I think we'll have, there's a good chance we'll have him rated fairly soon as we start to expand our 2025 rankings a little bit here in the coming weeks. But uh, but definitely a guy that Tennessee felt felt comfortable taking early and not, not just a guy that they're, eh, okay, he's ready to commit. Yeah, why not? Yeah, this is a guy they've been recruiting and and clearly liked, uh, or I don't think they would have taken him uh, this early. So so a, a lot to like there on the you know with the skill set, a lot to like with the way he's being recruited. So the, this this definitely is an, an early reach. This is one that I think is a is a good player, and you've always got to wait and see how it, how it pans out. The evaluation process never ends, but I think they're pretty comfortable with what they've seen so far, and definitely like him. Yeah, if you're a Tennessee fan, you love to hear that he's being recruited by Texas A&M and, and all of these other SEC schools and, and big-time programs uh, around the country. But on the flip side of that, that means that you're also going to have to continue to recruit him <laughs> over these next couple of years as presumably teams continue to to really recruit him as, as hard as they can. And uh, as, as he continues to, to blow up, will, will Georgia come knocking? Will Alabama – come knocking and then not just throw out the the casual offer just to 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 make social media happy and you know make make that high school happy that that happens often where where a school will offer a player just because they have connections uh whether in basketball it be to an AAU program or in in the case of football a 7 on 7 team that there are offers thrown out just to appease those people that are connected to the program so we'll we'll see if if Georgia comes knocking and in Alabama and Ohio State those big time schools and and he has legitimate offers. But on, on one hand, that makes you excited if you're a Tennessee fan because you think that they're bringing in a legitimate talent that every school in the country wants. But on the on the other side, Ryan, that means that Tennessee is going to have to continue to recruit him to to the best of their ability. Yeah, no, no question. That's that's the thing about these early commitments. They're they're as with any commitment they're they're tentative based on both sides um schools can change their minds just as players can change their minds most people focus on the fact that uh this did this kid make too early of a decision you know is he is he gonna flip uh if, if he if he gets another offer that he really likes uh it can happen just as easily that a school sees film from the following season and decides it wants out of it so uh it definitely is 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 a tentative situation as with any early commitment that that could always uh, not be a fit in the end, just depending on how things progress. So it's going to depend on how his recruitment goes the rest of the way, how he develops the next uh, 18 months or so leading up to uh, to early signing day for the 2025 class. So now it, it'll be here before you know it. Uh, it. It seems really far out, but hey, back in July last year seemed like a long way out for Jonathan Eccles, the the four star athlete and, and, and tight end from uh, from IMG Academy down in Florida, and hey. He's still committed to Tennessee. Uh, a lot of people were fearing that that was uh, too early and that, that they might not hold on to him. And they still might not. There, there's no guarantee there. But uh, he's made it this far, and there's there's still a reasonable amount of optimism Tennessee can hold on to him. So these early commitments, even from out-of-state players with no you know strong ties to a program, they they can they can last. There's there's always a chance. Uh, this one a little bit farther out, obviously, because it's even before the end of his sophomore year. But but Arno, I think definitely likes Tennessee for for multiple reasons. He's not just 
um, picking his biggest offer uh, so far or anything like that. You know, again, he's picking them over some SEC peers. So I think you have to like that, including a school he grew up liking. Uh, and as he as he told me, you know, sometimes the school you grew up liking is not always the the perfect fit in the end. You know, you're not you're not necessarily worried about going to your dream school. Uh, by the time you get around to to recruiting, you're looking for the right fit for you personally and the right opportunity. So uh, he, he clearly liked a lot about this situation at Tennessee. And, and and yeah, if Georgia, Alabama, some of those types of programs come after him in the coming months, it, it could make things a little a little dicey for Tennessee. But that's you want to be recruiting that type of player, and and we'll see if if that. If it happens, we'll you know we'll cross that bridge when we get there. That's that's how you have to kind of look at it with these early commitments. But in the meantime, if it does happen, you've usually got a better chance of holding on to those players when you're trying to play defense as opposed to you know trying to hold off an early commitment because you're worried it might not stick and then trying to take them later. That's always a lot harder. So so you you, you take the early commitment now, knowing you're comfortable with the player and the skill set, and if those problems arise later on down the road, you deal with them when they get there. Absolutely. End of the day, it's a nice pickup for Tennessee in the 2025 class from Shamar Arnaud out of Milton High School in Alpharetta, Georgia, and really just speaks to how well Tennessee is recruiting at the moment, both in the present and in the future. And we will discuss that here in just a moment. First, we do need to catch a break. So we'll be back in just a moment here on the Go Vols 247 podcast. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must Listen, download, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. Welcome back into the Go Balls 247 podcast. I am Ben McKee, joined by Ryan Callahan on a breaking news edition because Tennessee has picked up a commitment from Shamar Arnaud, a 2025 corner out of Milton High School in Alpharetta, Georgia. Nice early pickup in the 2025 class for Tennessee. And like I said a moment ago before the break, speaks to how well Tennessee is recruiting at the moment. And before we continue that conversation, would like to remind you, if you don't mind, just take a moment out of your day to go like, rate, and review the podcast. We at GoVols247 would certainly appreciate you doing that. Ryan, again, this just speaks to how well Tennessee is recruiting. It's It's recruiting really well. In, in the current class, in, in the class that just finished a couple of months ago, and, and you're starting to see some early headway in, in the upcoming classes as as well. You've been covering junior days left and right these last couple of months, and uh, not only is Tennessee having big time prospects on campus in the in the current class, but also in in the upcoming classes as well. So it just kind of every way you, you look at it. 
I mean, you can nitpick some things here and there, like why haven't they been able to land an elite running back? Or, you know, when, when are they going to, a la- to land that elite offensive lineman? And I think they've gone out and gotten really talented offensive line prospects don't don't get me wrong they just seem to to be more developmental pieces and and that's okay that's typically what the offensive line position is uh in in terms of recruiting and getting them to campus and them developing before they make an impact but again to me like those points that I just brought up you're nitpicking uh and and again just being able to go out and, and get a kid with this size and playing this level of competition in in Georgia. And he has legitimate SEC offers out there and not just SEC offers, but offers from around the country for them to be able to go out and and land him this early. I I just really, really, really think it speaks to how well they're recruiting and also just the the vibe and the culture that Josh Heupel has created. Yeah, definitely. And I I think that's, you know, you you can look at these early commitments uh, and I I think some people, you know, probably shrug them off too much because again, these, these probably stick in a higher percentage of of the cases than people might think. You know, I think most people look at these as, eh, kid can get out anytime. The school can get out anytime. There's what a 25% chance this kid sticks. I I think it's higher than that, but um, certainly because there's some risk, I think people tend to to shrug these off a bit, but I think what it says about the program and and how things are going and recruiting uh, is, is maybe as, as important as anything that, that can come from these early commitments. Uh, First of all, it never hurts to get to get a class started early. Now you've got a guy out there who can who can recruit other players in his class, and certainly he's um, you know connected to some guys in the Atlanta area that that hey that could pay off down the road. That that can that can be overrated in some cases, but it can definitely help down the road. So that's that's always a plus. But I, I think when it, when you're getting commitments this early from guys who have quality offers like that, uh, it, it's just a sign of how well things are going. You don't usually get early commitments like this this far out anyway when when things aren't going pretty well and it's not just about winning games you know it, it goes back to last year when they were able to get Jonathan Eccles in July before they ever played the first game of that breakthrough 11 and 2 season it, it was uh it was about the things that were happening off the field it was about that they had some uh, some positive momentum and the, and the coaching staff was doing a good job of selling that and if they're really connecting with players when they when they get them on campus so as you said, there's always something you can be doing better in recruiting. Even, even programs like Georgia and Alabama have had gripes uh, about their, you know, aspects of their recruiting at times in the past couple of years. As, as crazy as that sounds, um, there there are always things you can be doing better. But when you look at where Tennessee is now, uh, across the board, the fact that they're getting these early commitments, and these aren't from guys that grew up in Tennessee dreaming of playing for the Vols. These are out-of-state players with quality opportunities that didn't grow up dreaming playing at Tennessee. I think when you're getting those kinds of commitments this far out, that's a pretty good sign that things are, things are rolling pretty well. It means you're getting guys on campus early for camps uh, coming out of their freshman year and things like that, where you can evaluate them early. Uh, It means you're offering the right guys early. It it means you're getting a foot in the door in the early stages of of a player's recruitment, which is important uh, more so than ever these days when guys are making decisions before the start of their senior season. So I think a, a lot of things that you can point to that, that that Tennessee is doing well that kind of lead to getting a commitment like this. So I think this certainly is a, a good reflection of a lot of the things off the field that are going right for Tennessee, you know, behind the scenes, the relationships, all those things, they're doing a good job in a lot of those areas. And that's why they're getting kids like this, this far out. 
Well, and the other thing about this particular commitment is that it's at a position of need as well, and and probably shouldn't be bringing that up this late into the podcast, but it, it is it is the position on the Tennessee football team right now that is most scrutinized, I, I'd say, and we'll, we'll see kind of where that position is at when he arrives on campus if he ultimately does sign with Tennessee. Uh, because the, these last couple of years, I guess these last two cycles, they've gone out and they've added really young, talented cornerbacks. But how will they develop and where will that position be when he ultimately signs with Tennessee? But at the end of the day, Shamar Arnaud, he, he's a commitment at a position of need, whether it be safety. If he does bulk up over these last two years of his high school career, He's a defensive back coming into a program that needs defensive backs. Absolutely. And and that's, uh, that's, you know, you never know what the roster is going to look like in a couple of years. Of course, uh, they, they may get things totally straightened out this year with the influx of youth they've got in the 2023 class. that's already here. The, you know, the, the transfer edition of, of Gabe, Judy Lally, the, you know, all, all the things they've got at that position now, might patch things up and we might not be talking about that position by the time uh, Shamar gets on campus. But yeah, that it, it continues to be a healthy sign. And I, I think when, especially when you stack what they've gotten in the 2024 class with what they've gotten in 2025, it's really impressive to me because I think they're really excited about Caleb Beasley and, and Marcus Gorey in the 2024 class to get two guys that talented in, in the state of Tennessee is kind of the, at least for now, the, the focal points at, at that position in the 2024 class that, that's a that's a potentially a really good group that you're that you're bringing in there and uh, and yeah you started off with with uh, with a guy like this in the 2025 class I just think that's a that's a, again another positive sign about the way they're recruiting how they've gone about uh, prioritizing guys at that position and, and and building relationships and and yeah if they can keep that up uh, I think people are going to feel a lot better about that spot in the not too distant future you know I, I already really like what they brought in and Jordan Matthews and. Ricky Gibson and, and, and Christian Conyer. Uh, and, and yeah, the, the addition of Judy Lally should give them a nice, uh, a, a nice veteran to, to patch things up for this year. In addition to, to the guys they have coming back. So I think they're definitely on the right track to fixing that position. It's still going to be a question mark for a lot of people until further notice, but this is how you go about fixing that. You, you recruit your way out of it and uh, just bring in better talent. And I think they're continuing to do that, continuing to bring in guys with good size Good, good, pretty good speed. You know, again, we'll we'll see how Arno develops over the next couple of years in terms of his speed and and just overall athleticism. He's not done developing in the in those areas, but uh, I think what what you see so far, he's got the profile uh, athletically, and and you, you're certainly pretty confident that he's going to be a good player in a couple of years by the time he gets to college. Before we get out of here, Ryan, just give us kind of an update on the state of Tennessee football recruiting and and the storylines that are kind of happening going into to Easter weekend. Yeah, and 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 still uh you know uh, I think a chance for Tennessee to to maybe uh add more here uh, sometime in the month of uh, of April. So, uh they they've got a they've got some momentum for sure and and uh and we'll see if they can continue to to build on that uh with, with some guys I think at least getting closer to decisions uh based on some spring visits and um and and you know just everything else that's happened this spring. So, yeah, they, they've done a good job, and this has been a really busy spring um, for, for them in terms of hosting visitors. Uh, just tons of talent on campus over the over the past few weeks, and and Tennessee really, uh, you know, I think maximizing their opportunities. You, you look back at that scrimmage last weekend 
first scrimmage of the spring. And, and I've seen some impressive visitor lists for spring games at Tennessee, but for them to have that kind of talent in town for a, for just a spring scrimmage, uh, just, just a, a, a Saturday scrimmage, nothing else, nothing special about it really. Uh, and, and part of that was at least this, uh, a, a contributing factor was the seven on seven tournament that was out at Farragut high school that allowed some guys to drop by during the day that they wouldn't have otherwise made it to town, but still most of those guys were in town just to see Tennessee and, and, you know, Williams, one the five-star defensive lineman from Missouri, Jaden Riddell, the, the big time tight end, Daniel Calhoun, the big time offensive lineman we mentioned earlier, um, Ricardo Jones at safety, uh, Ify Obadegwu and DeMello Jones, uh, Boo Carter, a lot of, a lot of important targets in the secondary, um, uh, Edries Farouk, the teammate of, of Obadegwu uh, at, at St. Francis Academy up in Baltimore, and just a, just a ton of good players. And then they follow that up on Monday with five-star Mike Matthews, the big-time uh, wide receiver athlete out of Georgia. Just a, just a ton of players they've gotten on campus. So a lot of that's just laying the groundwork for what they're going to do in the coming months. But um, it's really hard to, to, to stress too much just how, how good of a job they've done of getting guys on campus. They're, they're not always hosting – it lists of visitors that are this impressive throughout the spring. So in the spring game, I would say is going to be another big visitor list. So we'll see how that looks over the next week, but uh, that's the big thing. You know, they, they certainly have some momentum with guys like, like Gage Genther, the, the offensive lineman from, uh, from Colorado who visited last weekend. And, uh, and we'll see how things uh, progress with some of their top targets that they're setting up official visits with and things like that. You know, a lot of these guys will wait until the summer to make decisions, but uh, overall, you know, they, they got Jake Merklinger, the, the big time quarterback here not too long ago. They're, they've got things moving in the right direction for sure with this class. And I was, you know, going into this year, I was kind of, you know, pumping the brakes a little bit, try, trying to tell people, hey, don't just assume that Tennessee's going to sign another top 10 class because they got one this past year. You know, Nico Iamaliava having a number two overall player in the class, that gives you a big boost. It's hard to, to duplicate sometimes. They're, they're solidly at number seven right now and, and still showing signs of gaining momentum. So, uh, they're you know, looking at it now. There's no reason they can't sign another top 10 class and, and potentially even improve on that number nine ranking they had in the 2023 class. And that's, that's what you want to be doing. Keep moving in the right direction and capitalize on this on-field success. And they're certainly doing that with the visitors they've hosted recently. Tennessee picks up a commitment from Shamar Arnault, a cornerback out of Milton High School in Alpharetta, Georgia. And Ryan, we appreciate you giving us a scoop on how Tennessee was able to pick up this commitment and, and what it means for the Vols going forward. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Ben. This has been another edition of the Go Vols 247 podcast, a breaking news edition featuring the recruiting guru, Ryan Callahan. And for Ryan Callahan, I am Ben McKee, and we all hope you have a, a great Easter weekend, everybody. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film, and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.